Welcome to the Bible in Our Culture, an outreach radio ministry of Liberty Remnant Church, where we encourage you to view the culture through the lens of the Holy Bible. Welcome to the Bible in Our Culture. I'm Pastor J. McPherson of Liberty Remnant Church. This is where we apply the Bible to the culture, try not to apply the culture to the Bible. Well, a lot has happened in our area. In Spokane, the last Monday of September, Resolution 2023-0081 was passed 4-3, and it denounced our elected mayor for attending an all-city worship service on Sunday, August 20th, that I attended with my family. I also announced and promoted this worship service to my congregation, and the vast majority of them came to the event. It was great. Not that Sean Foyt, who led the event and everybody there, did church exactly the way I would do it, but it was an all-city worship event. We all love Jesus, so we had a great time worshiping Him, focusing on Him, shouting, singing, clapping, raising our hands, praying. It was right in the middle of the fires that were destroying so many people's homes. Originally, we were going to have the event outside at the pavilion in Spokane, but with the fires, we had to move it indoors, and it was, it was a great time. Well, our mayor, Nadine Woodward, attended the event, and somebody filmed her getting prayer from Pastor Matt Shea with Sean Foyt on stage, and they denounced her for attending it. This is no exaggeration. If the mayor gets denounced for attending this worship event, and I went with my family and my congregation, then wouldn't I be denounced for the same reason? If city council in Spokane calls this wrong, says this needs discipline, this needs to be censured, and censure the mayor for attending, then they're also censuring me. Why? Well, we have to ask ourselves, how much are we who love Jesus going to adhere to the Holy Scriptures, and how much are we going to cave to the pressures and be conformed to the image of the world around us? I am genuinely concerned for religious freedom. I think the majority of the city council in Spokane will not recognize my right to believe what the Bible commands about sexuality and other unapproved issues. I was at the event. I was at city council. I went back to city council the following week to give two minutes of my thoughts for, towards them because I believe we have to stand for religious freedom. Furthermore, freedom of speech, freedom to assemble, all that has come under attack because we believe things about sexuality that are unapproved by those in power. And I believe we were slandered. This city council is recorded as saying certain things that are dangerous, in my opinion, to liberty. If you disagree with them and they are willing to denounce you, then it's not just those of us who are biblical Christians, but it's anybody down the road who might disagree with city council could be denounced. I'm very concerned. Now, I believe this resolution twisted and perverted facts. Some of it seemed to be outright lies to me. You can read this resolution, resolution number 0081 of this year, and see if you don't think it's full of lies. So I was going to speak at city council having read this resolution, and oh my goodness, there was so much to comment on. I could comment on er every paragraph in the resolution, and I could talk for hours and hours. But they only give you three minutes. So I 
chose to focus on the 12th paragraph. It reads as this. On August 24th, 2023, the Spokane City Council received a letter from a collective of Spokane faith leaders in which they called on the Spokane City Council to hold fast to the separation of church and state, reject attempts to cloak bigotry in religious language, and make clear that civic leaders give no support to the ideology of Christian nationalism or white supremacy. What? What is that all about? Apparently, these Spokane, quote-unquote, faith leaders wanted to denounce the mayor for being part of this gathering. And make no mistake, it had to do with who was there. They labeled Pastor Matt Shea and Sean Foyt, the worship leader of the event, as uh, extremist. And they don't like what they're espousing, but guess what? A lot of what they espouse, they're so controversial, is the same thing I believe the Bible teaches. So we got a, a big problem. But to call us white supremacist? I didn't see any of that at that worship event. Not at all. I wouldn't have went if I thought it was a white supremacist event. I know hundreds of people who were at the event personally, and I can't imagine that any of them would have tolerated any white supremacy. But this resolution, resolution tries to show a connection to that worship event and white supremacy. But they had no connection showed in the resolution. It was mysteriously left out. I believe white supremacy is a terrible evil, and I do not appreciate being linked to it in any way, but certainly not so carelessly. It is an egregious misrepresentation I don't feel I can ignore. Furthermore, if they so flippantly make accusations of white supremacy, it will lose its meaning when real white supremacists are exposed. That's terrible. To think that you can just call your opponents white supremacists with no connection, no facts, no footnotes, nothing showing any relation, but you don't like what they say, so you're going to put it all together. You're going to cloak your hatred by calling us white supremacists. Ridiculous. And how could any of the council members vote on a resolution filled with so much deceit and accusations? These were designed to assassinate our character and dismiss our ideas. They say we're not holding fast to the true meaning of separation of church and state. Really? We're not. A lot of people, including most Christians, think that the phrase separation of church and state is in the Constitution. It's not. It comes from a letter by President Thomas Jefferson. He was newly elected president, and he got a letter from the Danbury Baptist Association in Connecticut Baptists were a religious minority there. Another denomination had more people. So they were making sure that Jefferson understood that they would not be coerced to uh, violate their conscience with uh, being a, a minority denomination in Connecticut. And President Jefferson wrote back to assure them that there was a wall of separation between church and state. Well, how is a mayor going to a worship service simply to pray and worship the Lord how is that a violation of separation between church and state, as the founders intended it? It's not. However, if civil government representatives abuse their power to denounce someone for going to a worship service, in my opinion, they most certainly are violating the principle of separation of church and state. This irony of application is a terrible misrepresentation and, frankly, an embarrassment to the city of Spokane.
Now, some of you are thinking, well, I'm not in Spokane. If it's going to happen here, which is kind of the, the hub of the inland northwest, uh, East Washington and, and Idaho, if it's happening here, it's, it's going to impact you. It's headed your way. Please don't make our same mistake and let this type of, I call it religious bigotry, this type of uh, oppression and abuse cause you to lose your uh, liberties, liberty to worship Jesus as you want. But they also refer to us as supporting Christian nationalism. What is Christian nationalism? That's what I use my three minutes to ask. It seems to be the basis why they denounce us, but they never define the term. They use this term, I believe, to prejudge, defame, and marginalize us. In the context of this resolution, Christian nationalism is simply offensive. I don't appreciate it. In the history of how this term has been used, and certainly in the context of this resolution, it has become a religiously bigoted slur. And I feel the city council is trying to ignore our place in the city by giving us a label that somehow implies we belong to an extremist group. I'm asking you to not allow people to call us Christian nationalists. Now, what is that? If you define it right, yeah, I, I would say I'm a Christian nationalist. That is, I'm a Christian and I love my country. I guess that makes me a Christian nationalist. It's better than being the opposite, which would the opposite of Christian is satanic and the op opposite of nationalist is globalist. So because I'm not a satanic globalist, then I guess I must be a Christian nationalist. That's how a lot of us have looked to define it. We don't want to play the victim card. And I'm not asking you to do that. We are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. He has made us victorious overcomers through faith in his son. So we are not victims. However, they're controlling the narrative by painting us all with this broad brush that they've already defined, but haven't communicated the definition. So we don't know how to respond to it. I think it's time we say, please don't call me that. I find that offensive. Let me tell you how I was introduced to Christian nationalist. This term I'd never heard of when I got an email about three years ago, almost. This reporter on a national website, news website, said she wanted to do an article on Christian nationalists in America and wanted to know if I would submit to an interview where they would talk about our Christian nationalist church. Well, again, I'd never heard of this term, so I replied back, well, I'm not sure if I could be any help to you. How do you define Christian nationalist? And she replied back, oh, I think Christian nationalist is basically defined as people who like to use the force of the state to convert people to Christianity. Are you kidding me? That is entirely offensive. I do not believe that. I'm opposed to that. I believe in the Bible where we get to choose or reject salvation through Jesus Christ. And I certainly don't think the state should force anybody to convert to Christianity. It wouldn't be a real conversion anyway. It would be tyranny. If I believe in liberty, I'm not going to be a Christian nationalist. And I do. It's your side. If you have power, you want to convert people to your way of thinking. We just want freedom. Well, I've seen Christian nationalists be defined other ways, including people who see Donald Trump as a messianic figure. <laughs> I know a lot of people who voted for Donald Trump, but I'm not aware of anybody that sees him as a messianic figure, that sees that he's the one who replaced Jesus. Nobody can replace Jesus. 
They've also used the term Christian nationalist to define those who will use violence in the name of overthrowing Satan. What? I don't know anybody that believes that. But this is how we're being defined as a Christian nationalist. Now, Council Representative Zach Sapone defined Christian nationalists something to the effect of those who want to make America a Christian nation and those who want Christian laws. He says it violates separation of church and state. Well, i got news for you, Zach. We are a Christian nation built on Christian principles. That's why every religion has freedom. If we were a Muslim nation, we probably wouldn't give the same freedoms to everybody. But because our founders were mostly Christians, and many of them were pastors, and many of them had degrees in theology, because we had a Christian worldview and quoted the Bible in, in Constitutional Convention and quoted other Christians in the Constitutional Convention, it's really clear this was built on Christian ideas. The American way of life was built on Christian ideas. So because of that, we believe in freedom. But Zach Sapone gave that definition of Christian nationalism and then tried to tell everybody that Sean Foyt is an admitted Christian nationalist by a Twitter feed from Sean Foyt that said, if Christian nationalism means I believe in the life of the unborn and don't think babies or don't think children should be mutilated and I love my country and I love Jesus, then I'm a Christian nationalist. That is how he defined it. If that's how you define Christian nationalism, then that's what I am, said Sean Foyt. And you know what? I agree with him. But I don't want the term Christian nationalism. They've used it derogatory. Just like any slur. Why does somebody get to the place where they don't like to be called something? They call it a slur. It's because it's used deceptively, because it's used as an attack. It's used to put you down. And that's how they've used Christian nationalism here in Spokane and throughout America. Other portions of this resolution were misrepresenting the facts, in my opinion, about who Sean Foyd and who Pastor Matt Shea were, calling them both hateful and dangerous. There are also portions of the resolution that seem to double down on self-righteous, virtuous signaling. Check out some of these paragraphs. Whereas members of the Spokane community have called on elected officials to take responsibility and lead by example to uphold the values of respect, inclusivity, and compassion. Well, I don't think they're showing us respect or including us. And whereas the people of Spokane deserve leadership that upholds the highest standards of integrity, empathy, and respect for all, regardless of their backgrounds or beliefs. Apparently, unless you're Sean Foyt or Matt Shea. Unless you believe in the Bible. Unless you believe in the biblical view of sexuality and marriage. The only way that they'll have empathy for us and regard our backgrounds is if we cater to them, it seems to me. And whereas choosing to uphold the principles of compassion is central to a community's ability to create a caring and inclusive culture and climate. What? They're not doing that to us. They go on to say, be it also resolved that the Spokane City Council maintains its collective pledge to accept and serve all citizens of our community, regardless of race, religion, color, and sexual identity, and will never accept ideologies that promote fear, hatred, violence, and bigotry. Really? They still haven't shown where we promote fear, hatred, violence, and bigotry. They'll go on to say that this worship event promoted fear and hatred, but I was there and I don't believe that, not even in the slightest. And then they say, be it also resolved, consistent with its official motto, it is the aspiration of the city of Spokane to enhance the quality of life and to promote a sense of belonging for every single citizen. And the city of Spokane will continue to help make Spokane a better place 
where people feel safe, seen, and heard? Well, not necessarily if you're a Christian. I just see all this virtual signaling, this self-righteousness that we are accepting, we oppose hatred and violence, we are compassionate, and the people at that worship service were not. I think it's hypocritical. By the way, after I spoke at the city council, a few days later, I had a political sign in my yard that was vandalized. So people know where I live, and they're willing to break the law to make life miserable for me. Maybe I don't feel safe. You know what? I'm not too worried about it. But the fact that they alleged we were talking of violence, we were trying to to push hatred at this worship event, and they didn't feel safe, and so now they've got to denounce us, that's, in my opinion, ridiculous. We'll be back in a little bit to continue the discussion. Hello, my name is Pastor Jay McPherson of Liberty Remnant Church. I would like to formally invite you to come visit our reality-based local church. A dedicated group of believers planted LRC about two years ago in the middle of the COVID-19 government shutdown. We are not afraid to apply biblical principles to weighty current day issues. In fact, we feel God expects it of his people. Our goal is to be a simple, relational, biblical church that applies biblical principles to the issues of the day. If you're looking for a local church or know somebody who is, please consider what God is doing at Liberty Remnant Church. We're meeting at 7919 North Division in Spokane every Sunday at 10 a.m. For more information, please check out our website, libertyremnantchurch.org. That's libertyremnantchurch.org. Or email me at pastorj at libertyremnantchurch.org. Thank you. And welcome back to the Bible and our culture, an outreach ministry of Liberty Remnant Church. We were talking about the resolution to renounce the mayor for attending a worship service and how the resolution seemed to have a lot of self-righteousness. It seems they kept flooding the resolution and their conversations with these ideas about respect, inclusivity, acceptance, and so on, so people might not see that they're doing the exact opposite to Christians who believe differently than they do. And they use terms like fear, hatred, violence, and bigotry in an attempt to fool people from how they foster those evils. Strategy often seems to work, I'm afraid. So quick to believe that Christians are full of fear, hatred, violence, and bigotry because we don't agree with them. We see it in the movies. We see it in politics. We see it in business. It's been pretty effective. That's why it's so important that we understand what the Bible says. The fear here is if they renounce the mayor for attending these unapproved religious services, they can restrict all religious freedom. You can't believe what the Bible says to believe. You can't follow your conscience. Well, after the long city council meeting in which 33 citizens gave comment, most of those, 27 of us, gave comments in support of rejecting this terrible resolution. Then the council members made their comments. I found that many of these comments were offensive and had the same concerning language that was in the resolution itself. 
In talking about this citywide worship service, council member Karen Stratton said, quote, it crosses a line for me when publicly these events that we see happening more and more often than ever promote fear for certain members of our community and hatred, unquote. What is she talking about? I don't remember promoting fear and hatred at that Sean Foyt worship service. Not at all. Quite the opposite. But apparently, Pastor Matt Shea said something contrary to what they believe about same-sex marriage and transgenderism. So they're going to protect the people that support them. They're going to make them a privileged, protected class and restrict our freedoms to worship Jesus as we please, to hold the values of the Bible that our conscience demands. So many citizens who spoke publicly mentioned in their three minutes that there was no hate and nothing to fear about that worship service. I alluded to it as well. Didn't seem like they listened. They had their PowerPoints and speeches, many of them prepared ahead of time. So I tend to feel slandered if a city council member is trying to say the purpose of this church service was promoting hatred and fear. I went to that. I promoted that to my congregation. I don't see how you can get away with saying it promoted fear and hatred. On the contrary, there was a lot about love, forgiveness, repentance, deliverance from addiction, and so on. We prayed for victims of the fire. We prayed for all sorts of elected officials, city, county, state, and nationally. There was never any promotion of fear and hate. Now, why did she think this? Well, she got it from somewhere. Council member Zach Sapone had his PowerPoint ready to push his agenda at the end of the meeting. The meeting went past 11 o'clock. I don't think I got out of there until after 1130 at night. But council member Zach Sapone, when he got the floor, he called Sean Foyt an anti-LGBTQ extremist. Without any proof, without any real definition, Sean Foyt apparently disagrees with Mr. Sapone about the benefits or problems of transgenderism and same-sex marriage. Zach Sapone's written speech and PowerPoint were so deceptive, there's really too much to mention here on the radio show. Virtually his whole speech is slander, often using words like extremists to describe those of us at the worship event. One example of deceit, I feel, is Zapone claimed the mayor was changing her story when she told one reporter she was there to pray for the city and told another reporter she was there to pray for the fire victims. What? That's really petty. This is much the same way to describe the same thing. Though Sapone acted like he caught her in a lie. He said the mayor has been intentionally misleading us and reinventing history. Really? Because she told one reporter she was there to pray for the city, another reporter she was there to pray for the fire victims. Well, that was what we would have been praying about that night because there were fire victims. Praying for the city and praying for fire victims are not contradictory It'd be virtually the same thing on that day. He then grabbed resources of unrelated groups thought to be racist and linked them somehow to those of us who were worshiping together that night. I see no correlation. In doing so, he projected a photo of another group as proof these extremist groups are on the rise. And it's directly because of the mayor's actions. 
How these other groups related to our worship service was never clarified, and I can't imagine any connection whatsoever. Clearly, it is council member Zapone who has been intentionally misleading us and reinventing history, what he accused the mayor of doing. Now, I'm not here to defend the mayor, and I'm not really here to get everybody that listens to this show involved in Spokane politics. I'm here to expose that even right here in my favorite city, the Lilac City of Spokane, is what I think is treacherous deceit, what I think is a total shredding of our Constitution and our rights, all because we don't agree with their activism on LGBTQ issues. If it can happen here in my hometown, where I was born and raised as my father before me and his father before me and back hundreds of years. If it can happen here, it can happen wherever you are. So we have to be vigilant. We have to have our ear listening to the Holy Spirit to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church so that we can preserve religious freedom and with it, freedom of speech and freedom to assemble and all these other freedoms that are coming under attack. I believe Zapone is little more than a professional deceiver. He says he wants to make Spokane a place where we all belong. But he really only means his people. He doesn't want biblical Christians, especially Matt Shea and Sean Foyt, to belong at all. When he lies, I believe he distorts the intentions of so many of us. And so many people went right along with it. We've got to be on alert in prayer and understanding what's happening. And that is the silver lining in all this. When 27 of 33 citizens went down and filled the city council chamber, 27 of us stood in defense of religious liberty. It didn't used to happen that way, but we have awakened. We're awakened in prayer, we're awakened in worship, and we're awakened to be a voice in our civil duties. In what's happening where people have influence and control, we've got to be a voice, and as we do, I'm praying for a huge victory this November. Wherever you may be, I hope you're voting biblical values. I hope you're voting for candidates who stand for biblical issues. And we can send a huge message that we are alive and well, and we expect our elected representatives to at least adhere to our rights, if not support uh, biblical concepts anyway. That is what our nation was built on. Hope to see you right here next week, same station, same time. Until then, have a blessed week. Thank you for listening to The Bible in Our Culture, an outreach radio ministry of Liberty Remnant Church. If you want to support this ministry financially, you could do so by going to our website, libertyremnantchurch.org backslash give, and select radio ministry. See you next week at the same time.